0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Live and Learn. I'm Troy Tegh. The Emirates Stadium, the Staples Centre, the Wrigley Field are homes to three major sports teams in the world. There are also just three examples of how corporations have leveraged on the universal appeal of sports for brand exposure with lucrative sponsorship deals. This practice recently hit Malaysian shores when the Youth and Sports Minister announced that the Putra Indoor Stadium will be renamed the Aksiata Arena. It will serve as the centre stage for the SEA Games in August. Sports lawyers Richard Wee and Leslie Lim are here to explain the and outs of stadium naming rights. Uh, Richard Leslie, welcome. Hi Antek. Hi. Hi Antek. This is the first such deal in Malaysia. Why have we taken this long to catch up?
1: It took some time to uh, to get this kind of uh, transaction happening in Malaysia, uh, simply because the concept of renaming stadium was fairly alien in Malaysia. Uh, I think when we were Exposed to renaming rights, particularly in English football. Uh, that idea started to take inception in the minds of stadium owners in Malaysia. But t- wanting to rename your stadium is one thing, but finding the appropriate and uh, correct sponsor is another thing. So, this, uh, the deal, Axiata uh, Arena, from what I understand, uh, not necessarily with Axiata, but the idea of renaming one of the stadiums have been in the minds of the government and the uh, stadium board uh, for quite a number of years already. But uh, well done to them, they finally found Axiata. Exactly. And when you say you have to
0: find the right fit, what does that mean?
1: Uh, when uh, a stadium owner uh, looks out for a potential sponsor to rename the stadium, that sponsor would have to be some company uh, which, of which their intention and purpose and the focus of the company is aligned to the to the intention and purpose of the stadium. Uh, surely, for example, a stadium in Malaysia cannot have a cigarette company as a, as a naming rights. Um, so there are issues like that to consider. Of course, uh, to be quite upfront and blunt, I, I think uh, financial strength is an issue. Of course, a, a national stadium the size of Putra Stadium will not be going for a small financial company as a sponsor. They will need a giant like Axiata to, to be a sponsor. So these are some of the issues which I think, uh, if I am in the position of the stadium board or in a stadium owner, these are things that I will look out for.
0: Speaking about financial heft, this deal is 10 years between the Malaysia Stadium Corporation and Axiata Group and it's worth fifty five million ringgit. How do we come to such a value? How is the value of a stadium or such a deal determined?
2: Um, I think such uh, terms and conditions are part and parcel of the negotiation process between the parties. Um, I suppose it, it when parties sit down and discuss, um, one of the key things that um, the parties will need to take into account, uh, especially from the stadium corporation's point of view, is how much money are they going to need to continue to uh, operate, uh, to maintain and to manage the stadium. A sponsorship term of, uh, say, 10 years is is quite reasonable because I think that's a sufficient amount of time for uh, sponsors such as Axiata to see whether or not uh, this was worth their investment. Uh, Is it worth that? Are they seeing that return of investment that they hope to achieve out of this? Are they getting that brand awareness uh, that they uh, intend to achieve? Uh, Just looking at some of um, uh, other Naming rights agreements around the world. I think one of the oldest ones uh, that uh, probably a lot of Malaysians are not aware of uh, because it's happening in the U.S. and this is under the NFL. NFL stadiums uh, is the uh, FedEx Field, which is the home of the Washington Redskins. And the Washington Redskins actually announced um, a naming rights agreement back in 1999, and this was like one of the first of its kind. Um, and it was for a deal. That was for a length of, I think, 27 years. And that's a very, very long time. And because it was the first of its kind at that point of time, I think there were a lot of things to iron out. And I think for us now in Malaysia, we, we do have the benefit of having seen a lot of more of these naming rights having come around. Just to quote some other examples, I think, um, the Mercedes-Benz, uh, arena, which is in Shanghai, I think initially started out also as a 10-year deal. And then subsequently halfway through Mercedes-Benz actually saw, really, really saw the value in it because their sales just skyrocketed. And midway through, they actually, uh, renewed the agreement, uh, for further five years. And now that agreement actually is going to go up until, uh, 2025. So I think 10 years is, is, it's a re- reasonable am- amount of time and definitely one of the key things I think that will be in the agreement is uh, a clause on perhaps renewal or extension uh, depending on, on what the parties uh, see fit.
0: What were some of the issues that we learned from that FedEx tie up with the Washington Redskin that we don't have to go through? <laughs> we don't, the mistakes that we don't have to make ourselves?
2: Oh, I think uh, renewal. Uh, definitely one of it. Renewal comes along with extension. Um, another issue is perhaps... Um, about uh, innovation of technology uh, because I think as the years go by and you know technology improves so rapidly these days, um, simple things like display boards, you know, the old school... Um, Back in the day, football fields used to have those display boards, which is just at the side of the fields. Those are very static boards. They're printed boards. Nowadays, we have uh, digital boards that not only appear on the side of the field. Uh, I've, I've heard of arenas where they've had it at the back of uh, the chairs. Now, there are even stadiums who have it on the ceiling of the stadiums. So, you know, when lawyers sit down and draft the agreement, okay, like say for us, um now, Auxiata Arena is in 2016. Um, and the agreement is supposed to last for ten years. How, how are we going to predict what technology is going to be like uh, in twenty twenty six? As much as uh, I think the lawyers can try to anticipate uh, the progress and the growth, uh, but I think there's only so much uh, that we can <laughs> that we can foresee.
0: So that means there would be some room for negotiation if such a disruptive technology is. Yes, definitely. Would become, yeah.
2: at definitely. At the end of the day, the terms and conditions, uh, I think parties will try to achieve something that's mutually beneficial for both. I mean, as much as the, the corporations and the sponsors want, uh, that marketing platform and that brand awareness, uh, parties like the Stadium Corporation of Malaysia need to look out for what's best for the stadium. I know for a fact that the, Stadium Corporation of Malaysia, their vision is to uh, have our national sports complexes as, as the preferred sports and entertainment hub in the region, and and that's a great long term goal. And with sponsors like Azira coming in and supporting such ideas, uh, I I certainly see the growth of our, our sports industry in the years to come.
0: So I, I watch football, so I'll speak, <laughs> uh, I'll give a football example. A lot of corporate sponsors, they gravitate towards the top teams. They want to sponsor teams that are in the Champions League, for example, or the, the national champions in local leagues. They will get to command higher fees, sponsorship deals. But in terms of um, a national stadium, what would be the barometer of success? Why would a sponsor gravitate towards one, uh, like the O2 Arena, for example, over another national
1: stadium? I think for, for our local context, uh, the Putra Stadium was a natural location uh, for any sponsor to, to um, target, simply because it's, it's one of the most uh, actively utilised uh, stadiums in the uh, Bukit Jalil area. Uh, we've got to take into account and think that uh, our Minister, the Youth and Sports, they are, he's trying to convert the entire area into a sports city. Uh, effectively converting a stadium into a lifestyle area for community to uh, meet and, and spend time. So targeting a place like uh, the Putra Stadium by sponsors was natural because once that area becomes a uh, public area, anybody can go and run there, picnic. Uh, there may be, even be a shopping mall there. There may be, even be schools and universities there. It is natural that you will learn to be there. So, I think Axiata has uh, intelligently chosen uh, the correct uh, um, stadium to partner up with and uh, put themselves out there. So, to answer a question, um, why would any sponsor gravitate towards a particular national stadium? It is simply due to the potential future of the Bukit channel development. Um, I think, let's be upfront, if the stadium area is... Uh, poor and there's not de- not much development there and if the stadium is underutilised I don't think that will um, attract sponsors to go towards that stadium
0: My guests today are Richard Wee and Leslie Lim, sports lawyers, and we are talking about stadium naming rights. Uh, up next, we'll talk more about the content of an agreement that, um, governs a deal like this. You're listening to Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. This is Live and Learn. I'm Trontech. If you've just joined us, my guests today are Richard Wee and Leslie Lim, sports lawyers, and we are talking about stadium naming rights. This is in conjunction with the news that the Putra Indoor Stadium has been renamed or will be renamed the Axiata Arena. And it will serve as the main stadium for the SEA Games in August. This um, stadium naming rights is governed by the naming rights agreement signed by both parties. Can you tell me more about the content of what, what goes into such an agreement?
1: Um, well, i take a small correction. The like Akzati Arena is going to be the main indoor stadium for SEA Games. Uh, the, the main stadium is still the, the Bukit Jali uh, Stadium. Um, generally, for agreements like this, Uh, I think most lawyers will address their mind towards, uh, of course, the financial aspects, how the money is being paid from A to B. Uh, As Leslie pointed out earlier, the issue of uh, uh, renewing the agreement, the termination clauses, uh, most lawyers will focus on uh, if there is a dispute, which dispute body do you go to? Do you uh, refer the matter to an arbitration or a specific mediation? Uh, generally, most of lawyers will, will will deal with that kind of terms, and of course, there this most lawyers will be we 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 stand guided by the uh, instructions of the clients. If the clients uh, give us a specific instructions pertaining to certain commercial issues, then the lawyers will draft the agreement accordingly. But for this agzeta, you I can envisage that the uh, the the big issue would be where do you put the name. Uh, can rival companies uh, use Axiata Arena? As we know, Axiata is a telecommunication company, so they would have rivals. So can the rival companies have an event there? Uh, I think the answer, of course, would be yes, but there will be certain limits and control. Uh, also, um, the uh, juxtaposition of the uh, logo of, of Axiata. Um All that aside, uh, the contract would also have to take into account the interests of the owner, Uh, in this case, the the National Stadium uh, Board. So the stadium board, um, generally a fairly low-profile board in Malaysia, Uh, they would want to have their name acknowledged in the stadium too. So that that issue would have been ironed out by now, uh, or else they would have not agreed to the deal. And um, as you may recall, uh, our Minister of Youth and Sport, when he announced this deal, he did mention that uh, there are many other terms which needs to be ironed out. So I, I believe that uh, both parties are still uh, going to go into the nitty-gritty details and, and close the deal.
0: So to the lay observer, it seems a pretty straightforward uh, deal. A corporation gets exposure while the stadium owners gets an uh, injection of cash for investments. But... What could go wrong? Are there any examples or previous cases where such a deal have went wrong?
1: Well, I hope it doesn't happen but if some tragedy happens in the stadium then, you know, the sponsors may want to quickly review their position. Um, so far, uh, nothing's happened in the stadium. I think it's quite pretty good in terms of uh, security and safety. Um, there's also uh, what happens during the play, uh, g- play of game Um Something really bad happens, uh, which, uh, of which can you imagine if, uh, a player punch another player in the, in the, during a game, uh, say during a badminton game, and then throughout the news will be mentioned, Aksiata Arena, there's a punch up, Aksiata Arena punch up, so we may not want that. Um, but, uh, the, the, the stadium board is also under an obligation to maintain the stadium. Uh, I, I can imagine that, the sponsors will demand that, uh, as what Leslie said, that uh, the stadium is always upkeep. Technology is always updated. Uh, in, it's 2017 now. Uh, the agreement was actually initiated in 2016. Um, so in 2025, for example, surely we cannot be still be using a 2016 technology. So we, we assume that the agreement will take that into account. Um, also, another Bad things, you know. If I can put it in inverted commas, bad things which can happen to the uh, to the uh, sponsor is that if the stadium collapses, um, unfortunately, it's happened before in Malaysia in, in Um But uh, looking at the history of this stadium, built in the nineties, uh, used for Commonwealth Games and many other games since then, none of it has happened before. Uh, so I think uh, insurance would have been taken up by the relevant parties to ensure their rights. Uh, and again, the stadium board is obliged to ensure that the uh, structure of the stadium is well maintained, and uh, let's hope it doesn't collapse. You know, for example. Um, so these are just general examples. Are all bad things and something things which we hope will not happen. And but uh, um, unfortunately, for any lawyer, we would have to deal with that.
0: If this were a sports club stadium, for example, um, fans of that team. Would normally oppose the renaming of a stable ground, especially if it comes with a long history. Besides the injection of cash, are there any other arguments for for renaming? Is is there an argument to be made that maybe the heritage or the history and the culture of the place is worth preserving over the investment?
1: I absolutely understand the question. Um, there are stadiums all over the world um, which we've, he- we've reached history. Uh, one which comes to my mind is uh, Newcastle Stadium, St. James's Park. I think there was an attempt to rename the stadium to uh, Direct Sports Stadium. A huge outcry by the Newcastle fans and I, I can't really blame them. Uh, the entire city has only one club and uh, Newcastle is the biggest club in that area. And to have their stadium renamed from St. James to some other the name uh, was not good for them. But I think Putra is a bit different. Uh, most of us, I would... I would venture to state that most Malaysians won't have much sentimental attachment to the name Putra Stadium. I believe most of us uh, refer to that because that's the name, not because we love that name. Of course, there will be some minority who who really, really love that name, but I have not met those people. Uh, So in Malaysia, I I think if the stadium board uh, continue this exercise with some other stadiums, uh, the, I, I don't think there'll be much uh, resistance to it uh, but I believe most of the time uh, the stadium board in Malaysia would have to conduct a very careful PR exercise so for example uh, the, the the hockey stadium uh, named after the Prime Minister's death, uh I don't think that should ever be renamed uh, simply because of who uh, the, the, the name is Uh, Even the national stadium, the main football stadium, Bukit Jalil, is called the national stadium. I don't think we should ever rename that. Even the Merdeka Stadium shouldn't be renamed. Having said that, the Merdeka Stadium is not under the stadium board. But should we ever want to rename it, we should never rename the Merdeka Stadium. Uh, But those are emotional attachment issues.
2: Just to add on, um, during the media launch, uh, YB Kyrie said that one of the uh, upside of this uh, renaming is... uh, the government and the stadium board hopes to deliver the ultimate fan experience. And I think that um, as the stadium uh, corporation uh, conducts the, the upgrades to Putrajaya Indoor Stadium, now known as Axiata Arena, I hope that uh, the Stadium Corporation will actually work hand-in-hand with Axiata because Axiata being the, uh, one of the most foremost telecommunications company uh, in this region uh, can actually contribute in terms of that techno- te- technological uh, experience and knowledge that they have. And I hope that we will actually see them bringing that into the stadium. Uh, and I think that's definitely one of the upsides of renaming.
0: What about maybe a wealthy individual who wants to sponsor a stadium? Would that be different legally?
1: Uh, not really. Uh, so let's say we have a billionaire who wants to sponsor and rename a stadium after his or her name. Sure, can be done. Not a problem. Yeah.
2: As long as they don't go bankrupt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, in previous shows, we have talked about, when we talking about image rights, we've talked about morality clauses. And I think you mentioned a little bit about how a corporation would want to protect the brand, right? In, in the case a crime scene happened or an accident happened on the grounds. And that would have negative um, publicity attached to it. Are there any similar mechanisms for brand protection in a naming right agreement?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Leslie take the details of that, but let's, let's let me touch something first. A morality clause is quite common in um, sports deals involving image rights. Um, famous athletes usually have a morality clause attached into the agreement. Uh, so as for example, if that athlete is uh, caught for doping, the sponsor may have the option to uh, cancel the sponsorship, so it's it's a fairly unique clause because you can't really put a clause in a share sale agreement, for example. So yes, we have that, but uh, I think Leslie will address the issue of uh, how such a clause uh, will play itself in the in a deal like this.
2: Yes, so for for brand protection uh, in terms of uh, stadium rights. Uh, it It relates back to uh, intellectual property law, so things like uh, trademark protection will come into place but I think uh, it can get a little complicated because I think let's take Axita arena for example I imagine uh Axiota arena will already have um their own brand protection for the Axiata brand uh, and then but axita arena in itself is it, it's a is a brand of its own uh as a result of this naming rights agreement so um, I think lawyers would then have to look out for uh, how do you make sure this doesn't clash in terms of the protection that's already uh, surrounding the Axiata brand. But then there's this new fresh brand that I imagine would be co-owned by both parties to the agreement. Uh, but it, it boils back to intellectual property law, basically.
0: For a stadium like this that uh, is renamed but not relocated, what if Putra is just so popular, everyone still keep referring to it as Putra and only in official merchandise that is referred to as the Axial Arena in the contract, would there be a repercussion or would there be a clause that says maybe this is not as effective as what the the corporation would like it to be?
1: Uh, there are two layers to that. Firstly, would be uh, encumb- incumbent upon the uh, owners of the stadium, which is the stadium board, to take all necessary steps to ensure the name has been uh, sufficiently made known new name um i.e uh, pr marketing um etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, i believe the stadium board will be taking steps towards that secondly the the sponsor themselves so the the sponsors uh, themselves cannot just assume and expect that um i'll, I'll just sit down i'll chill and i let the stadium board do everything they can't they Day two, Agzeta two must take steps to promote the name. Um, I, I believe the name Putra Stadium will continue to be referred to for the next, say, six months to a year. Uh, but I believe once the Sea Games comes, uh, the the brand name Agzetai Arena will be uh, heavily featured during that game. Uh, eventually, the people's memory will change. So, uh, I mean, classic example is the. Ati Hart Stadium. It was used to be known as the City of Manchester Stadium after the Manchester Commonwealth Games, and the stadium was taken over by uh, Man City. In the early year, years and early days of the stadium, everyone is still call it the uh, C O M Stadium, City of Manchester Stadium. And then, uh, but it, I think it took about six months or one year later. Now nobody remembers <laughs> that. Then, you know, so it takes time. Uh, but I'm confident that uh, with the hard work put in by the stadium board and the uh, ambitions of the Axiata, uh, people in Axiata, I think by the end of the year, we will not remember the name Putra anymore. So the Olympics and FIFA
0: have strict rules against corporate name buildings. They want to prevent ambush marketing. How do uh, a stadium like this or the SEA Games, how, what what rules do we have in place? Uh, do, do we have to be mindful of?
2: Um, yeah, you correctly pointed that out. So uh, FIFA and UEFA has a regulation uh, whereby if a sponsor, if the sponsor of the stadium is not a sponsor of the, uh, championships, uh, they, they can't actually, uh, have that name, uh, for the stadium. So, uh, there are instances where they've had to, uh, change, uh, how they refer to the stadium. So for Emirates, uh, I believe they, they, for that period of time during the championships, they called it, uh, Arsenal Stadium, uh, which is actually the official name of Highbury. Um, and also, um, Allianz Arena, which is in Germany. Uh, they actually had to rename the stadium again during the period of the championships to Football Arena Munich. But, um, if I recall, um, extreme steps, uh, actually had to be taken uh, when, at one point of time where Allianz Arena actually had to remove their logo from the front of the stadium during the period of the championships as well. So again, it boils back to having to look at the terms and conditions of the agreement. Uh, But unfortunately, at the end of the day, there are overriding regulations like from FIFA and UEFA, which has to be complied with.
0: Because of how corporations go towards bigger teams and all these sports teams, does it not exacerbate financial inequality in sports?
1: Yeah, to some extent, uh, if I can speak perhaps from the, the English Premier League's point of view, uh, there is uh, talks about financial doping for the last four or five years. The FA have taken steps to ensure um, money is not poured in without respons- irresponsibly. So um, yes, uh, renaming your stadium may cause bigger teams to have more money. It is, it's, it's possible. Uh, but the... Uh, the fact that remains is this is one good way for any football club, whether you are at the top of the league or at the bottom of the league, uh, to earn more money. Um, and in in the Malaysian context, uh, the Putrajaya Stadium, which is not owned by any major sports club or or, or state uh, in in Malaysia, is a is a national stadium. So there's no uh, specific uh, state affinity toward, towards it. But yet, you know, we, we we see the deal valued at 55 uh, for the next uh, 10 years, 55 million for the next 10 years. There's a lot of money. Uh, and that money will definitely be used to maintain and upkeep uh, the stadium. And it helps. So yes, on one side, you can say that, uh, for example, the Premier League, the bigger teams will get more money. But on the other side, even if you are a not-so-big club and you are at the lower end of the Premier League, having a, an additional 5 to 10 million pounds a year is not a bad thing. You know, So it's still good for them
0: what are the challenges that um for local football teams with a stadium attached what what are the hurdles for them to commercialize or capitalize on this to get their mm. stadiums renamed Malaysian or football get, get their um, jersey renamed or <laughs> <laughs> it's not renamed, have a sponsorship on yeah. jersey
1: well in in local football um the biggest challenge for Malaysian football is that uh the Vivic Stadium Vivic Stadium is with is that the football states do not own or does not own the stadium. That's the biggest issue. Um, This is different
0: compared to the EPL?
1: Yeah, in the the Premier League, in the German League, Spanish League, the club owns the stadium. But but that's because they're their club. Mm -hmm. So that club uh, would have been in existence for 50 to 100 years. Over the years, save money, buy their own stadium, build their own stadium. But in Malaysia, even though our league is more than 50 Mm -hmm. years. But did they also buy it? Um, did they also build it
0: from scratch or did they have to buy it from the government who built no, it no.
1: Virtually all the stadiums in England, they are built from They're scratch. From scratch yeah. yes. Owned by the club from the very beginning. So um, so here, for example, like Stadium Para, you know, it belongs to the Para state, state Government. Uh, the Shah Alam Stadium is is uh, belonging to the Slango State Government. It doesn't belong to slango FA. So uh, it's then difficult for that FA uh, to... Uh, rename that stadium because they don't own it. So then it falls on the state government to go and rename it. Um, uh, And Unless the state government has a dedicated board like the National Stadium Board, I I don't think most of the state government would spend time on this. Uh, And even if they are able to rename a stadium, the state government will only earn maybe three to five million a year uh, I think the state government earn more from tax than than that renaming renaming of the the stadium. So it may not be something state governments we may want to explore. And in smaller states, uh, nothing against the state, just purely because of the size of the population. States like uh, Perlis, uh, the the stadium uh, may not capture more than ten thousand people per match. So is there any value in renaming the stadium? And which sponsor will go up north and and uh, we've seen it happening in Kota Baru, in Kelantan, where there was an attempt to rename the stadium. Uh, but I, I think that deal is still now under observation, and uh, I, I think there are some issues with that deal. So that's, the, again, the problem when you don't own the stadium.
0: So I guess the first step would be for clubs to fundraise and build their own stadiums.
1: Then. Yeah, that would be the perfect thing in Malaysian football. Yeah, that would be the best.
0: Leslie, any final word?
2: Oh, I think um, this uh, collaboration between. Uh, the Malaysian Stadium Corporation at Aksiata Arena. Is, is just the first step of, uh, many more to come. Uh, it's great to see the vision that YB Kairi has, has put forth. I think the redevelopment of KL Sports City is something that, uh, all Malaysians should look forward to, um, as, uh, YB Kairi envisions for this KL Sports City to be, you know, that sports hub which all Malaysians go to. I think right now, if you ask any Malaysian, um, you know, Where's the sports hub for uh, Malaysians? Yeah, sure. Everybody wants a Bukit Jalil. But do you actually go there to work out? How many people actually go there and, and, and use the park? We can't actually go into the stadium freely or to, to try on the track. And I think that's about to change uh, in the years to come. So very excited to see that. Can't wait to see all of that and uh, fall uh, in the years to come. Yeah,
1: fantastic step towards um, our SEA Games. Uh, I think Malaysia is not just getting their athletes ready to win the SEA Games, but also getting our arena uh, ready. And uh, we look forward to to hearing more of this good news from our, our um, sports uh, people. Hopefully, by the middle of the year, more stadiums will be reviewed and maybe another arena may come in. We'll never know.
0: Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Leslie.
1: Thanks, right. Antik. Thank, Thank you very you.
0: much. You've been listening to Live and Learn, BFM 89.9.
1: Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.